If you have been waiting to get your hands on some Ag Chicks merch, now is the time to do so. All of the Ag Chicks merch will be on sale on the website. If you use code AGCHICKS at checkout, all of the Ag Chicks merch, meaning hats and t-shirts and stickers, will be on sale to help you prep for the holidays and make sure that everyone has some Ag Chicks merch going into the new year. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Grace Emick is an eighth-generation corn and soybean farmer from Lewisport, Kentucky. When she's not farming in Kentucky, she's in Missouri working alongside her boyfriend, Gavin Spore, on his first-generation farm. Aside from farming, Grace documents her journey on the farm on social media platforms like Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. When she's not working on the farm or on social media, she enjoys spending time with her dogs, family, and friends, reading books, and traveling to fun places all over the country. Please help me welcome Grace to the Ag Chicks podcast. Hey y'all, this is Allie Spears, your host of the Ag Chicks podcast, where I cultivate connections with the women who are helping feed the world. So let's kind of start from the beginning, if you are good with that. So where where are you located for those who maybe are unaware of, uh, of where you're at? Um, I'm located in Lewisport, Kentucky, which is western central Kentucky. Right okay. on the Ohio River. Right on the Ohio River. Okay, awesome. And have you always been there, or is that somewhere you moved to? Uh, we've always been there. My family farm has been there for over 200 years. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, so what, so are you, do you consider yourself what generation then? I would be the eighth generation. Eighth generation. Wow. Okay. Awesome. Uh, so growing up, did you always know that you wanted to be involved in agriculture or is that something that kind of just happened? Um, It started at a really young age. I remember actually the exact moment that I told myself I wanted to farm forever. Um, (laughs) I was, (laughs) which is such a weird thing to remember, but I was nine. And my dad let me drive the combine for the first time. And I remember just sitting there just driving it. And, you know, I wasn't really doing a whole lot, just moving the steering wheel, but I decided right then and there that I wanted to do this forever. And I made it happen. That's so cool. I love stories like that when you can pinpoint exactly when you made that conscious decision of like, this is what I want to do, or I really enjoy this. Uh, So that's really, really interesting and super cool. And so uh, then did when you like as you were growing up and stuff, were you involved in like 4-H and FFA or not so much? Yes, I was. So where I'm from, 4-H and FFA they're like good programs, but they're not as intense as I've seen other people get into it. So I was involved, but it wasn't like something that I dedicated a whole lot of time to, I guess. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Uh, I can kind of relate to that a little bit. I, uh, my high school actually did not have FFA. So I wasn't involved until I was a 
junior, I guess, because I could drive myself. Um, Mm -hmm. So I get that. I I enjoyed it, obviously, from the agriculture aspect of it, but it wasn't something that I was like so heavily involved in. And then moving to Texas, that's something that I feel like is massively important here. Uh, And so it's just kind of funny to see how locationally it can be different in terms of, of where you're at and obviously kind of the agriculture that surrounds you a little bit too. Right, Um, right. So for you, I know you are involved in uh, corn and soybean farming. Um, Can you tell us a little bit about that in terms of like, let's, I guess, start with corn maybe. What does that look like for you guys in terms of the whole process of like planting, harvesting, all of that kind of stuff? So the way that we do things at our farm is... Um, a little bit different than most people would. Uh, it's usually just me and my dad, and he okay. works full-time at a factory. So a lot of the time, it's just me out there. Um, during planting season, he does all of the planting because I can't drive straight. <laughs> so I, I refuse to do it because I don't want our fields to look like garbage uh, whenever they start to grow up. So I do all the tillage, he does the planting, and then... Um, We hire out all of our spraying, so we don't have to worry about any of that. And then come harvest time, uh, I do a lot of it. (laughs) Okay. So whenever he's gone at work, I'll combine, truck, grain cart, I'll do everything. And then once he gets back, typically the elevator's closed, so we'll just fill everything up and call it a night. And then on the days that he doesn't work are days that we really knock a bunch of stuff out so it takes a little bit longer for us just because there's only two of us but I think it's fun yeah that's I mean first of all that's a lot to do for two people uh but also I mean you probably you you know everything right you've seen every aspect of it uh being so so heavily involved in doing the whole entire process so that's really cool right and then from the soybean standpoint I'm sorry, I totally just cut you off. Go ahead. Uh, I was going to say from the soybean standpoint, is it similar to kind of the process that you guys are doing for corn or is it completely different? Yeah. No, it's pretty much the same. We just kind of, um, I don't know. We don't really have like a set way to do everything. It's just kind of whatever's convenient at the time and whoever's available is gonna do it so yeah that's just we're not really like super organized in that aspect <laughs> I love that though because you have to make it work for you too and in, in all regards right if it's gonna be something you're gonna be spending that much time doing <laughs> right right and then I want to talk about too obviously social media uh, because that's a big part of of kind of your your platform, obviously, um, but also I would venture to say kind of a big part of what you do. Uh, so what made you decide to start sharing on social media and how did that start? Like why, obviously, like what made you start or what made you decide to do it? But then like, why did you continue? I guess is my question. So um, after I graduated high school, I went to college for ag business for two years and ultimately decided that I did not want to do that anymore. 
So I dropped out without a plan or really anything. I didn't know what I was going to do. And at this point, I had already started renting ground at the farm. So it's not like I was totally lost, but I knew that the ground that I was renting at the time was not going to be enough to live on. So I got a welding job. And once I started that, I don't know. I had just been posting on social media just for fun without really intentions on doing anything with it. And then I want to say three or four months into having this welding job, I had a video do crazy numbers on Instagram. And I started gaining followers very quickly, totally on accident. No, like it was not on purpose. And I just kind of thought, wow, this is really cool, but okay, like what of it? There's nothing, there's nothing here yet. So I just kept posting, trying a little bit harder, but still really not with a purpose. And I just kept growing. And after, hmm, I think a year and a half, maybe two years of my welding job, I was able to put in my two weeks and social media is ultimately what paid all of my bills because I had my own house at the time. I, you know, I had all of my own personal bills and social media was paying all of those in less than a year, which is crazy to me. Wow. That's, so, that is crazy. Yeah. And so, okay, so you started sharing, it kind of blew up. Um, first of all, I want to get back to the welding situation for just a second, because how stinking <laughs> cool. <laughs> um, because, I mean, I'm sure, as you know, right, not a super common role uh, for women. Um, but I think it's awesome when you can share what you're doing, um, and people can connect with that and obviously see like, oh, this is something that I could be doing if this is something I want to pursue as a woman, right? just because your gender, like we, that doesn't, that shouldn't hold you back from career roles that you potentially want to pursue. Um, but what, what was that be, what was that like? What was, I mean, obviously like hard work, uh, potentially long hours there, but it's great money too. So how cool that you, you chose that avenue to kind of start out, I guess, but then how cool that you got to change and, and do what you really wanted to do as well. Right. So like, I really enjoyed it, and I do really love welding. I took some welding classes, like some college welding classes in high school, and I thought it was fun, but I didn't really see a career out of it, and then once I dropped out of college, um, my brother actually also worked there, which is how I even knew of this place, and I went there to borrow a trailer, actually, so this is how it happened, how I got my welding job. <laughs> I went there to borrow a trailer so that I could move home from college. And while I was picking up the trailer, I pitched myself and I got the job right then and there. So before I dropped out of college, stayed there throughout the summer because I was working on a cattle farm and I had no idea what I was going to do after that. And I managed to land myself a pretty good job before I even moved home, 
which isn't something that I had planned on. Typically, you want to <laughs> figure out where you're going to work and then take the steps to move back. Right. But I just... Somehow I managed to make it all work flying by the seat of my pants, I guess. So I started working there, and it was a lot of fun. And actually, the guys that I worked with were all pretty nice, and it wasn't... I didn't really face discrimination in the workplace. Like, it wasn't anything like that. I had pretty fair opportunities, just like everybody else, which was really great. Because I've definitely had jobs where that's not the case. Mm -hmm. So, I wasn't sure what to expect. But it turned out to be a really good experience. And I'm really glad that I did it. How cool. And uh, what a like, important skill to have, too, I feel like. Especially in farming, uh, there's always something breaking down that you can potentially be fixing, right? With with a good uh, welding know-how, I guess. So what a great skill to have no matter what. Oh, yeah, definitely. And that's also another reason I did it was just to learn a little bit more because I did learn a lot in my welding classes, but there's only so much you can learn inside a classroom and there's so much skill to be had on the job site. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and I was also an ag business major, so I understand the struggle of not wanting to finish or pursue that um, because <laughs> those classes are hard as heck. And some days I still wonder, like, how did I finish? Like, how did I graduate? Um, but <laughs> I definitely, I definitely feel you on that one for sure. Um, but I commend you for like realizing this is not what I want to do and being able to take that step to, to change things and, and do what you did want to do. So that's, I think, really inspiring to hear obviously too, that through your hard work and determination, like you made it happen. And so, um, I commend you for that. Cause that's, that is something that would terrify me, but I think, if you have the right characteristics and qualities, you can get through it. Um, so I commend you on, on being able to do that and right. do it successfully. Well, thank you. It was very scary for sure. I was terrified. I didn't know, you know, because there's so much unknown dropping out of college. And then even after um, quitting my welding job, there was so much unknown and at that point, I had told myself, there's only one option here, and that's this is going to work, and I'm going to make it work no matter what I have to do. And somehow I managed, and I quit my welding job, I think, two and a half years ago now. Buy ranchers for ranchers. Together, let's make ranching easier. Previously known as Cattle Back Box, Strayhorn has rebranded to better match their ability to push the envelope in creating innovative animal management products to serve the ranching community. Strayhorn is rooted in tradition and ranching legacy, but they believe in the opportunity of looking at things with a new perspective to drive the industry forward. Check out all of the things that Strayhorn has to offer you and your herd. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. 
Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Wow. Been doing this ever since, which is crazy. Time flies. <laughs> oh, man. Time does fly. That is no joke. Uh, yeah. That's what I was... I've been in my current role as like my real job uh, for just five years that like five-year anniversary just rolled around and I was like how like I don't even feel old enough to be able to have been working for five years Uh, but time time keeps going on so uh, I guess we better better hold on or make a change if if things aren't going how we want to go but going back to going back to social media a little bit so you were sharing uh, posting and then it kind of took off. Um, when it did take off for you, would you say that that was something, I mean, obviously, typically, if you're, you're posting on social media with a purpose, I know you said you kind of weren't at first. Uh, but when you're posting with a purpose, that's kind of the goal, right, is to take off and um, potentially make a money and a career out of it. But um, what were the challenges that came with kind of growing so quickly as well? Hmm, that's a good question that people don't typically ask. <laughs> Sorry. Um, no, you're fine. De- definitely a mental challenge. Um, so whenever, when I was growing up, I didn't really face a whole lot of, like, discrimination, I guess you could say, about being a woman in a male-dominated field. Mm-hmm. I didn't really feel that just because I had a really awesome support system around me and in my community and my family and then I had one job where it was a little bit I didn't really get fair opportunities but other than that I didn't really face any like sexist comments or anything like that so one of the hard things about starting on social media is you get people from all over the world leaving their two cents and all of a sudden I was heavily exposed to that and that was really hard on just my mental health. Ultimately, it wasn't awful just because I was, you know, I'm a big girl and I know that people just leave comments when they're insecure but it's, it definitely took a toll on me at first. And just hate in general, not even people being sexist or anything like that. Just the hate that comes with it is a little bit insane, and I guess I wasn't expecting that. But at the same time, I didn't really intend for any of this to happen, so I wasn't expecting anything. Right. (laughs) Um, But that was definitely one of the hardest parts, was facing people in the comments being jerks. Yeah. Well, I think, I think what you say about the mental health aspect of social media, I mean, I think it's something people are starting to talk about for sure, but I don't think people understand it until 
there is a significant following or you are getting significant amount of comments or likes or whatever on your on your content um because it, it's almost like you open yourself up in a vulnerable way that you maybe don't intend to sometimes but like I mean it's your face it's potentially a location it's equipment like it's all of the things that you never have thought twice about but then suddenly everyone can see it and everyone can make a judgment on it and it like I don't know I mean and I'm not big at any standpoint especially like comparatively speaking to you but I have found that I have second guessed myself in posting certain things because it's like oh, someone might see this and think like, that's not the right way to do it, or that doesn't look right, or, you know, just silly things like that. And so I don't know if you can relate to that or have had any issues with that. Uh, but I think it's a definitely an important thing to talk about in terms of social media, because it's like, we've always lived our lives privately, right? But now it's, there's like a, a portal into our lives. And that's what social media allows. And it's kind of a, it's a weird concept to think about. No, definitely, and there's been some times, for sure, where I've kind of looked at something that I wanted to post and been like, mm, maybe, maybe I shouldn't post this, maybe this, and not because I'm embarrassed of it, or if I think we're doing it the wrong way, or anything like that, just because I know people will take anything and twist it to make it so absurdly incorrect, so an example um, one of the YouTube videos that I was filming during soybean harvest, one of our fields had a lot of weeds in it, like a lot of water hemp. And at first I was like, okay, I'm just not going to show the field itself. Like, I'll just be careful not to show that. And then I got to thinking of it and I was like, well, we're not perfect. And social media is full of people pretending to be perfect and only showing the good stuff. And there's no authenticity in that and I figured if I want an authentic following I need to be real and raw myself so ultimately I've gotten to a point where I'm just going to show it and people can say whatever they want but I know that Sometimes things happen. Sometimes things go wrong, not how you intend. And that's just part of life. And it would be silly to pretend like nothing ever goes wrong. And yeah, I just, I'm just trying to be as real as possible while also preserving a little bit of privacy, I guess you could say. But ultimately, no matter what you do, no matter how perfect you make your life look, people are going to find a way to hate on it and put their unwanted two cents into it so might as well just post whatever you want oh yeah I yeah for sure and I think too there's another element that comes with all of that when we're talking about agriculture online too and do you like what has been your experience I mean obviously you shared a little bit about kind of the negativity or surrounding things but would you say overall it's negative or positive when talking about agriculture um, and kind of through your platforms? Or does agriculture not really have anything to do with it, do you think? Um, I think overall would be positive. Most of the people on my social media are following me because they enjoy ag and they want, they just 
simply want to know more. They don't want to drag the egg industry and make it seem like something it isn't, like this big, bad corporation. So I'm pretty lucky on that aspect, not too controversial on agriculture as a whole. That's that's good. That's um, that's important because I think sometimes, right, when because we are involved in agriculture, there can be a negative connotation of things. So uh, it's important when things are important and also, I think, beneficial when the conversations can be positive and like actual learning experiences. Um, so would you say most of your audience is are people involved in agriculture or do you think there's a, a kind of a um, element of it that's that's also not? I think most are involved in agriculture in some way, whether that be simply just living in a farm town or being like fully hands-on in Mm -hmm. a farming operation. I think most of my followers are involved in some kind of way. Yeah, I think that makes, that makes sense. And that's kind of, uh, I'd say that's the other challenge, right? Of social media is if we really are trying to connect with, people not in agriculture, I think it's, social media is a great start, but I don't know, I don't know, right? There's so many layers to it and um, the algorithms and all that kind of stuff because people are going to see what they want to see based off of those already built-in structures. So I think sometimes it's harder to reach that audience that may not be uh, not not as open to agriculture or just don't have any knowledge or connection to it as well. Right. And I... Um, there are definitely, I think more of like livestock accounts get a lot more controversy just because that's a hot topic right now. Um, but there's definitely slowly, there have been people creeping in my comments talking about, um, how GMOs are bad. And that's usually like the only negative comment that I'll get is how GMOs are bad, but, um, Livestock is a whole nother, is a whole nother avenue of negative, for sure. Oh yeah, it's a whole nother ball game. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's a whole different world. Almost like, and that's I just had a conversation with somebody about um, agriculture in general, and they were asking me, you know, like what I was involved in and stuff like that. And then they kind of they had no connection, and so they started asking me questions about. Um, something I think it was like fruit trees and I was like I honestly I don't know like I don't know anything about fruit trees and they kind of were like oh but you're in agriculture and I was like yeah but not that part like there's so many sectors within (laughs) the broad term of agriculture that uh, I probably know somebody to connect you with but I know nothing about nothing about an orchard (laughs) (laughs) right (laughs) uh so kind of as our time together is wrapping up my my final question for you, Grace, is through your entire kind of journey um, of building a platform and, and your social media presence, has there been a moment or experience or trip or something that you have been on where you, uh, like that was your favorite or that you were like, wow, this is like, this is really cool that I've been able to to do all of these things to get to this point? Oh man, so many. I feel like with every... <laughs> Especially this year in 2023, I've been to a lot of shows. Uh, Fortunately, I've been invited to a lot of shows. And 
honestly, every experience just gets better. And I could not be more grateful for the opportunities that I'm given. I could never pick a favorite. There are so many different so many different places that I've been able to go because of social media and the opportunities it's given me and I'm just yeah I couldn't pick a favorite they're all amazing and they all have really good qualities about them that just make me so excited to see what the future holds and so excited that this is my life because this is actually insane I never ever imagine this for myself so any any chance to go out and meet people and talk about what I do is 10 out of 10 in my book (laughs) yeah I love that and I'm sure too right obviously social media is a digital platform but going to to meet the people behind those who you are interacting with on a screen um, is probably a really rewarding experience too Oh, yeah, definitely it is. So last, I know I just said last question, but now I have one more because I think you just have such a (laughs) dynamic, uh, all the things that you're doing is just so dynamic. Um, But do you have any advice for anyone who maybe wants to start out either in farming, which I know that's like, we could spend an hour and a half talking about that, um, or kind of social media in terms of just getting started in agriculture, I guess, in either, either way? Um. Personally, I have no knowledge of starting out in agriculture other than being born into it. Mm-hmm. Uh, my advice there would be to just show up and show that you actually want to be here and put your best foot forward. And hopefully that'll turn out good for you. I know that some people, unfortunately, don't have the same experience I do where especially young women, I get a lot of young women that message me and talk about how their dad won't let them come back to the farm and just stuff like that. Um, Finding opportunities, whether it be on your own farm or on someone else's farm is a really great way to get started. Um, As far as social media goes, you just have to post. You just have to get started. You just have to jump into it because you're never going to know what your purpose is on social media until you tried it. And it's all trial and error. That's what it is. You just post things, continue to do what works and stop doing the things that don't. Um, and meet some fun people on the way. That's one of the big things about social media that I really love is I've met some of my best friends on social media, but Either way, with anything that you want to do in life, you just have to jump in and do it and figure out the rest later. (laughs) (laughs) No, I think that is uh, great advice. And Grace, I just want to say thank you again for joining me today. I've really enjoyed chatting with you and getting to know a little bit more about you. If anyone is listening and they would like to connect, what is a good way or good place for them to do so? Um. You can find me on all social medias, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, Twitter, and YouTube under The Farmer Grace. And I think that about covers it. (laughs) Awesome. Well, thank you, Grace. And uh, I look forward to continuing 
watching everything kind of evolve for you and hopefully continue to grow. Thanks again. Thank you so much for having me. This was so much fun. Thanks so much for tuning into this episode of Ag Chicks. Don't forget to follow along on social media at Ag Chicks for more agricultural related content. And also be sure to check out your favorite podcast gear from www.agchicks.net. We'll see you next time.